we're on. Thank you for joining the English for Life podcast. Hello, Robert. <laughs> Hello, nice to meet you, Audrey. Nice to meet you too. So this is the first time we've actually talked. Um, I we just kind of reached out to each other on LinkedIn. I don't I don't even remember exactly how that happened. Uh, I think it was me connecting to you first because I really loved your profile. It was extremely different from the other English teachers I could find on LinkedIn. So it was very dynamic and the videos were fun. So I was like, oh, this guy seems interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So why were you searching like English teachers on LinkedIn? Hmm, I like connecting with people doing like working in my industry and right. uh, it's always good to network and uh, share ideas and find inspiration and yeah, yeah, just connecting human to human. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you're French. Yes, I am. But you're an English teacher. Yeah. Crazy. That's interesting. It? Yeah, I love it. So tell me a little bit about that. How, how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, I didn't have very good memories of my childhood. Um, I mean, English-wise. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you weren't like a poor child, like beaten by your father. You, oh no, no, no. no. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank God, no. <laughs> <laughs> you meant so? So you actually you had a bad experience with English class, like uh, as, a, yeah. as a young person. Okay. From Tell the moment that. I started until university, I found the lessons extremely boring and yeah. not relevant at all for a teenager or a kid as I was. Mm. And uh, I promised myself, if one day I manage to become a teacher myself, I will yeah. do things differently. And because I really was fond of the language, I loved it. And luckily enough, I could watch movies in English. And I knew that the accent was definitely different from the ones of my teachers. <laughs> Uh -huh. Uh -huh. they tend to speak like this you know uh -huh. so uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. typical french accent which i still have but uh i really fought hard to get rid of most of it okay oh that's interesting i would love to know how you did that actually uh but i'll i'll, I'll keep that in my you know uh as a question for later on but you're saying that so basically you had a really bad experience learning english at school and so you decided i want to become an english teacher so that i can you know like help out other french people is, is that is that it yes actually i always knew i wanted to become a teacher but uh okay. i knew first i needed experience and that idea was in the back of my head so i started traveling after university mm -hmm. i studied in england i worked abroad in spain in the netherlands and eventually in Malta on this little yeah. island where yeah. they have a very interesting English accent, actually. Okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, when I came back to France four years ago, I really decided to start teaching everything I learned um, and share the shortcuts I could find out on my way to learn a better English um, mm -hmm. out of school. Mm -hmm. so, so, so what's the problem then with... Uh... Or, you know, what did you dislike about, about learning English when, when you were in school? Well, it's a very broad subject. There are many aspects to take into account. First, we have like the school system itself. Um, the expectations are really high if you rely on the books. They want 10 years old kids to be able to use like past participle, subjunctive, third conditional, etc. So it's completely unrealistic. Yeah. So they tend to give you like a little bit of this concept, a little bit of this one, and they mix it up. They just 
they teach it to the kids just once in the year, during the year and they expect you to remember it and they don't <laughs> usually put it into practice so that's one thing and mm. there is another more logistical problem is like the classes numbers are too high uh, uh, yes when i was a kid it was like we were maybe 25 27 kids now mm. they are up to 30 uh, right. last yeah the last time i taught it they were 33 wow. so they're just lots lost in the crowd and it's really difficult right. to focus on each of them their needs their their level and uh yeah right it makes it difficult so the actual so um and now as a teacher uh, or you you were a teacher a teacher in the public uh, sector for a while uh yeah i taught in secondary schools in private yeah. and public schools okay and I tried uh, both. How, how long ago was this uh, until last year, actually, I stopped at, at the beginning of the summer, at the end of the school year, actually. Okay, so like for about three years, something um, like that? Or? More or less, yeah. First, I was yeah. a substitute, so it was about months, and eventually okay. I did a whole year having my own classes for the whole okay. year, which gotcha. changed everything <laughs> in the kids' perspective. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so tell me, so as a school, uh, I mean, as a teacher... Do you have like some a textbook that you must follow or like how does it work like you have a cahier des charges or uh, how does this work i have no idea no <laughs> no i really don't <laughs> <laughs> well technically you can and you should use the book but uh i had a mentor she was a teacher she still is a teacher actually she's a little bit older than me her name is manuela if she listens to us one day <laughs> and uh, she was like my muse and she's kind of a rebel but i could see the results they were incredible the kids were really participating actively in the class even like the ones who felt not so confident with speaking english especially mm -hmm. when you're a teenager in front of other people mm -hmm. and uh, her methods were incredible she taught me about neurosciences she told me yeah. about not using french at all in class which i thought impossible because mm. my own teachers always used french mm. and um so there was a switch in my perspective of education and um that's how it started oh so, so she while you were teaching she was your mentor well, somehow, yes, because at the end of the lessons, I was going to her like, oh, you know, I tried this. What do you think? Is it like, <laughs> is it something intelligent to try? And she, right, she right. was saying yes or no. And uh, right, right, I see. And so and so how was your experience then teaching English your first year in, in this public school? Well, um, it was very interesting, very challenging because like I was going from t uh, tutoring in companies to children <laughs> so uh, yeah completely different audience right uh, but i oh, so you, sorry so you were teaching um independently like in uh two companies to um before i was like um i was working for a company an organism which was like dispatching tutors in companies yeah right mm -hmm. It was like business training, uh, sure, preparing exactly. for the TOEIC, etc. That's what we do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. English okay. for life. Yes. Yeah. So that's what you were doing before you went to the public uh, school? Uh, this and I worked for a training center. I worked mm -hmm. for a technical high school as well. So they were like not kids anymore. They were more about 18, 20 years old okay. and a business school as well. 
Oh, okay. I see. Wow. And then, and then, so you, and then you got a job in the public sector. Why, why did you decide to, to get a full-time job then at, in the public yeah. sector? I guess I got tired of just staying for a few months in one place. I really wanted to get to know my students mm -hmm. and to create boundary um, relationship with them somehow. Right. <laughs> professionally, with, of course. with boundaries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, I wanted to prove them that uh, even if they had like pet peeves about English, they could have fun and enjoy the process of learning. And uh, I hope yeah. I can, I feel I think I can say I did it. So, yeah, oh, that's cool. Um, so then, what happened? Why did you leave the the public sector then? Well, for some of the reasons I mentioned before, like the mm, the, the classes, classes numbers, yeah, yeah, and the fact that they are dumping down every single year the <clears throat> the the level. Like now, they they ask barely ask the kids actually to make a sentence they just want us to tick boxes and to to score them with uh we say abilities or skills like they have a smiley a green one if it's good a, a red one uh <laughs> if it's not good but we're mm -hmm. supposed to give them only green ones and i really don't think this is the right way to what do you mean you're supposed to give them green ones aren't you supposed to be objective and give them whatever they deserve i mean well yeah, on the paper, yes. But in the backstage, I, I found out that no, you're supposed to give good grades to everyone so that they don't miss confidence when they grow up. But uh, I think it's kind of a hypocrite because uh, it's not the, the way we should teach the children. They, they, uh, they, need to, they need to have feedbacks. They need to practice and not like live in a fantasy world where everything is easy because no right. teaching uh, learning is not easy but right. uh, with practice you can you can wow that's that's really interesting insight i mean that uh, that that's being practiced and like i so the intention is to not harm like the ego of the student so that they don't lose conf confidence and we know that that's a big problem that mm -hmm. uh, you know many of my clients were adults who are pretty good in English, like they can read, they can write, uh, they can understand. But when it comes time to speaking, like in a meeting, they're quite shy. And, um, but I don't know, like if, if you're giving them all this false confidence, like, that doesn't really help them. Cause in the real world, it's like, I, we don't care if you got a green smiley, like you can't make a sentence, you know, like, uh, so right, I agree that we're not, helping them at all and you know we got to be honest with it right absolutely uh, so I, I don't know if you heard about it in the news but now they're really fighting hard to find teachers because more and more are quitting their job and not out of passion but uh, out of recognition and really? well a whole context and uh, when I was mentioning the different reasons why it's difficult today, it's like it's a whole spectrum of reasons. There is also like the lifestyle of the children. Now they have more screen time in their mm -hmm. life. And mm -hmm. uh, science proved that there are consequences on the on their sleep, the quality of their sleep. Usually they have they suffer sleep deprivation, deprivation. Mm -hmm. um, they have lower capacity to concentrate. They have mood swings. Um, so you're talking about children that, that you've yeah. that you've had yourself. So yeah. how, how old are these uh, children? Um, they aged between 11 and 15 years old. 
Okay. And, and so you've noticed a difference in, or, uh, well, you, I guess you can't really compare, right? Cause you've, you've only had, right. But you apparently you're, so you're saying because they're watching more like screen time and stuff like that, like their, their mood swings, they're, they're, they're they don't have to get enough sleep. And so it's harder, it's harder to manage like their, their, their moods especially for them because like yeah. they, they, they can't keep up they can't focus for a long time so i always mm -hmm. needed to adapt and switch my activities every 10 minutes because i could feel i was losing them and wow. when you ask them how are you today oh i'm tired how long did mm. you sleep well just three hours i was playing fortnite all night long come on at that age of course yes and they oh show off about it <laughs> they're proud of it Oh my God. I swear to God. I, I'm, you know, my kids are five and three and I'm really worried. I'm worried about putting them in school. Uh, I hear all these stories, you know, they're going to be influenced by their friends. You know, they're, they're all playing Fortnite. I want to play Fortnite. You know, uh, Jacques is playing Fortnite. Why am I not? You know? And then it's going to be a constant fight, you know, like, no, because it's bad for you. I'm, I'm thinking of taking them out of school. I think my new goal is, uh, you know, make enough money, sell the company and just teach my own kids. Uh -huh. Have you seen the movie uh, Captain Fantastic? No. No, with Viggo Mortensen. He is teaching his kids himself. Really? Yes. I think I heard of that. Captain Fantastic? Yeah, it's that an even, amazing that's a, movie. Really? I have to check that out. That even sounds like me. I am like Captain Fantastic in a way. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna check that out that's cool but, uh, it's interesting what you're saying because yes i think the parents have a very active and essential role in the in the way the kids evolve and uh, yeah. now with the modern life everyone is busy they don't have time so they rely on yeah. tv to distract the kids and they want yeah. quiet times for themselves and uh, sometimes yeah. it's oh man it's a constant fight I'm, I, my struggle is, is first is the TV because we let them watch TV, but only on weekends and, uh, and on Wednesday. So basically when it's school day, there's no TV, but they're always, they always try, you know, it's a Monday Dad, can I watch? And I'm like, no, it's a weeknight. You can't, you know, uh, they still try, but they're getting used to it, you know? Um, but I know how bad it can be because it's such a drug. I mean, my kid, when I, when I turn it off, he's like, you know, it's like you, it's like he's on morphine and you just stopped the morphine. <laughs> he wants more, you know, it's, it's really bad. I mean, us too, adults, right? We use it a lot. We know how addictive, you know, it can be. So imagine children who have no, you know, they don't, can't use their rational mind to make decisions. Um, so no, it's terrible. And, and so my other struggle is, is English is uh, I speak to my kids in English, um, but their mother tongue is French, you know, their mom speaks to them in French. And so, and, and because they go to school in, English, in French, they'll speak to me in French, right? Normal. Um, and so my, I reply in English, but not all the time. My first instinct is to reply in French because I'm bilingual. So you ask me a question in French, I'll answer you in French. But then I always have to catch myself, right? I'm always like, oh, I just, nope, got to switch to English. And then I switch to English. They still don't reply to me in English. They'll reply to me in French. But because this is my profession, you know, and I know what I'm doing, I don't, I don't want to impose that they speak to me in English. 
because that will be like a chore, right? That will feel like, ugh, you know, j'ai pas envie. Now I'm doing something I don't want to do, right? So, and I know, and th when they do watch TV or cartoons, it, it, it's, that's always in English. That's the rule, you know? Good. Sometimes they'll complain. I'll be like, well, I have all the leverage, right? So I'm like, well, okay, well, then you get nothing, you know? They're like, okay, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I have the leverage, right? I mean, so... <laughs> And I, so, and when they do speak in English, they sometimes have an accent, uh, in a French accent. But so what? I mean, like I have an American friend that's like, oh, I, you know, who's in France. It's like they they speak with a French accent. I'm like, well, they they're French. They live in France. Like, what, what's your problem? You know, and what's wrong with an accent anyway? You know, um, and that's what I want to talk to you about as well. You're talking about accents uh, and. So I don't have a problem with an accent uh, at all. Like uh, I find accents interesting, cute, sexy, depends on the accent, you know. I never understood why French accent is sexy. Mais oui, mais oui, mais oui, oh la la, the French, <laughs> the French <laughs> accent. It's the number one, yeah. Um, and so, but a lot of people tell me that at school they were mocked, like they would mock each other, you know, uh, with in terms of their accents, right? And I find that hilarious, you know. Ton accent, il est, il est pas bon. But your accent is no good either. So what do you? And on the other hand, if your accent is good, they will be like, "Oh, look at him! He's showing off. He's doing it on purpose to impress right. the teacher." Right, 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 right. So you would have some kids that would exaggerate their accent on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah. But it sounded fine. But because of the others, they will yeah. just refrain and go back to the French accent and go back to right. the cat is on the table because yeah. it sounds more normal. And you know how yeah. teenagers can be. <laughs> That's right, 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 right. You don't want to be like, yeah, you don't want to be different. You want to be like, yeah, I get it. No, I get that. that. That's the psychological part of it. You know, and I teach my clients that, listen, you have an accent, uh, we could spend a lot of time and energy and resources into, into reducing that accent. Okay? But is that the best use of your time? Or, right, we could do that. Or could we, do you want to build your vocabulary, improve your comprehend, your listening skills, um, right? That, to me, would be a better choice because, you know, if you're in a professional world and you're, your boss is English or it's an international company and you're listening, you want to understand first. Right. Even if you're not, uh, you don't speak as much in English than you than you do in French. The most important part is understanding, I think, listening, you know, um, and then the second part is expressing yourself. And that and you have to be comfortable with the fact that you have a French accent. Cool. Uh, the rest of the world loves it. The only person that doesn't like a French accent is a French person. Okay. Absolutely. And if and right and 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 if you if you have a French person in front of you, you're going to speak to them in French. So, like, the, right? They'll they'll only hear your accent when you're speaking in a meeting, uh, and he has the same accent. Or if they don't and they have a reduced accent, yana qui se la pète, hein? I have a lot of clients that they tell me uh, my boss, who is French, tells me that j'ai un accent de merde. Uh, because just because their accent is reduced because they lived in the U.S. for five years or something, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
But the thing is that they have this fear when they're kids and they keep it until they're grown ups. And, yeah. you know, if your clients are adults, I had some as well still now, and uh, they have like, they, they feel guilty for not being able to have this fluent and beautiful accent. And uh, it stops them from speaking at all. They prefer mm -hmm. remaining quiet and not even try yeah. anything. So that's why one of my focus with my private clients is uh, mm -hmm. the pronunciation, because I know that if they don't think they're pronouncing it, pronouncing it well enough, they will mm -hmm. not even try. So. Right. Okay. So you help your clients to improve their pronunciation. So that sounds more like uh, a native speaker, like a, a British accent or American accent. That's a good question because I'm kind of a hybrid. Yes. Uh, I watch American TV shows or movies, songs. Well, it depends. It can be Australian, English, uh, British. It really depends. So when mm -hmm. I teach to kids, I try to really keep a British accent, which I'm not having right now. I'm really aware of it. <laughs> aware of it. <laughs> and, uh, no, I don't know what kind of accent it is, really. It's kind of neutral. It's French, of course, but it's... Uh... Obviously, it's like quand je parle français, okay, des fois, okay, je peux, des fois, je peux être québécois comme ça, tu sais, hey, ça va, là, tu sais, on va, tu sais, on va parler de même, là. Celui <laughs> Et des fois, je peux, <laughs> ah, mais ça, on peut faire, là. Uh, but, but I had to reduce my accent, um, you know, when I arrived here in France, because uh, my Quebecois accent, well, it's just that I wasn't being understood. You know, uh, there was a lot of people that were like, pardon, pardon, monsieur, j'ai pas compris, you know. And it's funny because when I go back home to, to Quebec, you know, well, to Montreal, uh, a lot of the, a lot of people there say, oh, I, you know, France was great, but, uh, you know, ils aiment pas les Quebecois, ils ont fait they made they they make um, they pretend like uh, they don't understand my accent, and I'm like, no man, that is not what is happening. They love Quebecois people, the French. They love Quebec. Every time I say I'm from Canadian, they're like, wow, cool, yeah. I have a cousin that lives, <laughs> uh, and and if they if they say they don't understand, it's because they don't understand. And it's as simple as that. Um, and so I had to adapt my accent. And, and, and then when I go back to Quebec, they're, they're like, uh, oh, you have a French, oh, oh you have an accent français maintenant, hein? oh, oh, la la, <laughs> you know, so I have an accent when I'm here, I have an accent when I'm in, in Montreal, I, uh, everyone has an accent. But at least you're bilingual, so there's still something. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, that's right. My French was not as good when I, before coming here. Um, but I, you know, was able to live my whole life. Uh, I mean, to have a, my own business, to pay taxes, to go to do whatever I want. You know, I give presentations. My French is not perfect. Doesn't need to be perfect. You know, uh, it will get better over time. So when when you're with your clients and you focus on pronunciation, how do you teach pronunciation? Because I have a hard time with that. Usually I mention one specific sound that we French people cannot pronounce naturally. Like, mm -hmm. for example, the first thing that comes to my mind is the. Right. Yeah. And, oh, you uh, did that well. You did that really well. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you must have practiced in front of the mirror <laughs> for like hours. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I have a trick, an exercise that I give to my students. I, I ask them to put their finger in front of their mouth and they need to get their finger wet because the tongue should reach the finger, like doing the. Oh my God, that is brilliant. They feel stupid, That's but weird. I tell them always, you can do it in your bathroom by yourself or in your yeah. bed before sleeping. And yeah. it means that you're, you're, you pull your tongue far enough so that you can actually pronounce the the. And I ask them, please do not eat couscous when you do that because it's going to be a disaster, <laughs> of course. That's a, that's a great trick. Wow. So I guess in the French language, there's never a time when we have to pull our tongue out, I guess. Never. No. It's like the the H that you blow. We that's right. We never blow any letter, so right. it's like very interesting as well. So you can put a paper on your hand and you do like ha, huh? and as long as it doesn't fly away, it means you're not blowing enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. That's really yeah. Good. You need to find creative ideas so that yeah. at least they remember the moment and they can practice it even years later like oh remember that crazy lady who told me to put my finger in front <laughs> of my mouth and actually yeah. it works and uh it's really fun oh that's great well i'll remember that i'll think of that when i have a, a new client that wants to work on their pronunciation i'll think of you um, <laughs> thank you yeah, that's really cool <laughs> So how do you compare your life now as an independent teacher, one-on-one -on -one with adults, uh, compared to what you were doing before teaching, you know, high school students? So I started my business just a few months ago. So for now, I give classes, a few, but I'm mostly working on my marketing strategy, which is really not the, the, the part I'm really fond of, but uh, I have no. to do it. Yeah, well, I liked what you put on LinkedIn the other day. It was great. That carousel, the story, it, you know, um, and the, the confidence. I, I, that's right. You said something that was really interesting was that when you went to England, you and you had no choice, you kind of you're like, hey, you realize, hey, no one knows me. I could be whoever I want. Uh, no one will judge me. They won't be able to compare me to who I was before. And I recognized myself in that because when I came to France, I was also like, hey, no one knows me. I'm going to, I could be whoever I want, you know? And, uh, and there is some kind of, so yeah, the idea of uh, acting a role when you're teaching or when you're, when you're speaking English is a very interesting one, isn't it? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And well, the, the, the quote I love is fake it until you make it. Like people, yeah. if they think you're confident, you will become confident eventually it's about time and it's about practicing and repeating again and again so yeah so see that since i started to become independent um <clears throat> i really love crafting my own lessons going okay. at my rhythm at the rhythm of my clients as well and uh, i use neurosciences much more i implement rituals in my lessons so that there is like um, a pattern that the students keep going um keep finding yeah throughout all the lessons so it's something that make them feel comfortable and yeah. um they keep using again and again some expressions some phrases which they would find difficult to remember if they were just saying it once so right. i yeah and i use lots of games 
even for adults and uh, actually yeah. adults are really eager to play and oh yeah love games <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> they're adorable <laughs> i also had like retired people they were like 65 and we played like miming games and uh, oh i found it really really cute <laughs> and they oh, learned <laughs> That's great. Well, I bet, I bet, I bet your clients learn a lot from you. I'm, I'm sure I could tell by your style and your energy and, and the experience and the passion that you have. Uh, really, it was really nice meeting you. Yeah, I know it's a bit short, 30 minutes, uh, no but uh, God, it was really nice meeting you and I really want to stay in touch. Huh? Yeah, definitely. Of course. All right, let's do that. So thanks, Audrey. De rien, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for uh, sharing your time.